Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. This year has been a train wreck for so many people. The latest guess is 61 million Americans at some point this year have faced unemployment. 61 million. Fortunately, many, if not most of those 61 million are back working again potentially less money than before, and maybe, maybe you had health coverage when you got laid off and you don't have it now. That's causing serious problems for people who had employer-provided health coverage and have lost it. So a few things I want you to know. One, if you had employer-provided health coverage, and lose your job, you may have eligibility to buy uh, what I call real health insurance. That's health insurance that they don't exclude pre-existings and say, well, yeah, you thought we'd pay for that cancer, but we don't. Or that thing with your heart, no, we're not paying for that. What are you thinking? So there's a lot of really crummy fake insurance being peddled right now. And the reality is you may qualify for special subsidies for real insurance and you can start at healthcare.gov and see if you do and if you qualify for the best subsidies you actually will not be paying for having comprehensive coverage and you'll be able to continue to have health coverage because what's happening is people are either buying these junk policies or money so tight you buy nothing at all and then you get sick and you end up going to the doctor, you end up going to the hospital or whatever. Second, you don't have insurance, or if you have one of these crummy policies, you may end up paying or being billed these retail prices that are just made up by people in medicine, and you have a bill that you cannot absorb. So one thing not to do, and I've seen a number of personal finance writers write about this over the last few months, and they're all right on this. Do not pull out a credit card to pay a bill collector calling on behalf of a medical provider or a hospital. Instead, particularly with a hospital, most hospitals uh, enjoy nonprofit status where they avoid paying taxes on their profits in return for providing community care. And you want to petition for community care if you're now, um, or compassionate care or whatever they call it, depending on the hospital system, for the fact that you are unemployed, underemployed, don't have insurance, whatever, 
the people at the collection department at the hospital, they're all just trying to beat you up for money. Hopefully not literally, but know that you have ways you can play this other than to get them off your back, supposedly, put the charges on a credit card. You know, half of all problems people have with bills in the United States are medically related. And you don't want to add additional stress in your life with these medical bills after you've already suffered unemployment or underemployment or loss of benefits or income that you're used to. So don't allow somebody to intimidate you about a medical bill when you flat out don't have the money. It's time for your questions for me. And if you posted a question at Clark.com slash ask, Kim, who do you got? First up today is Ken from Wisconsin. Ken says, I carry a big bank visa card and took advantage of their COVID relief offer, which was no payments, no interest, no late fees. My statement said that this would be ending next period, but then my next statement said that it had $30 plus in interest. I called them and they immediately reversed it, but I wanted to pass this on in case other people are taking advantage of COVID relief offers. I wanted to make sure they checked their statements. Thank you very much for that. And there have been a number of efforts by banks that were unilateral. They did not have to do these things to help their customers. And I got to give banks props that were uh, very kind and understanding and patient with customers. But sometimes they get amnesia. And so looking closely at your statements to make sure that they're doing what they've offered to do for you, promised to do for you is key. And then you call up and advocate for yourself. Thank you very much for sharing that. Joel? Clark Richard in Georgia says, I have about $35,000 in credit card debt that is not at a 0% interest rate anymore, which makes my minimum payment on each card really expensive. I cannot get approved for loans to pay them off, and I was wondering which debt relief program would be able to help me pay off my debt in four to five years, or is there a way to get lower interest rates or lower payments on these cards? So if you're uh, sitting with $35,000 in credit card debt and you're wheezing from it, there's more to your overall financial picture you need to address, and that's why I'd like you to go to a local affiliate of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Their website is nfcc.org. I'd like you to, well, right now, probably virtually sit down with a debt counselor, go over your situation. If they feel it's necessary, they can attempt to negotiate with the people you owe money to. And their services, many of them are free. Anything they charge you for is a tiny amount of money. And if they need to go fully to the mat for you, they can work out payment plans for you. And the way it works with a legitimate NFCC affiliate, which all NFCC affiliates are legit, is they would come up with an overall payment plan. You send them a payment once a month, and they disperse to your creditors with a payment plan based on you paying back the debt, typically in three to five years. In many cases, they will get a significant reduction in the interest rate, maybe down even to zero on various debts you have. And 
I wish you good luck with getting a handle on this $35,000 in credit card debt. Kim? This is from Fred in Texas, and he says, Recently I was renting a moving truck in order to move my daughter. It was from a national company. And when I gave the clerk my driver's license to rent the vehicle, he pulled out an electronic device that looked like a really big smartphone, and he took a picture of the front and back of my driver's license. I was really uncomfortable with this, and I asked, why is this necessary? He jokingly said, don't worry, I don't look anything like you, so I won't use your ID. He never really gave me an answer. I rented the truck anyway, but now I'm concerned about identity theft. Are my concerns valid? Well, yes. If there was a dishonest person working at a rental facility of any kind, a car rental, truck rental, it could be tool rental, anything where they take your driver's license and capture the electronic image, these technologies work a couple of different ways. Some of them can actually verify that it is a true valid in-force uh, driver's license. Others just capture the information electronically, and it's the standard way it's done now. And so in the old days of uh, renting a truck, they used to take your driver's license and they'd put it on a copy machine and photocopy it and attach it to their paperwork in case you skipped with the truck. So this is a standard thing in truck rental and now typically in car rental. And anytime you give up your personal information like that, there is always the identity theft risk, but it is a relatively minor one compared to other ways trouble can enter your life. Joel? Clark Jacob in Virginia says, if store credit cards are considered junk cards, does that also apply to Sam's and Costco credit cards? No, for an interesting reason. What does a Costco card have on it? A Visa logo, Sam's Club card, MasterCard logo. When a store card can be used as a general purchase major credit card, with a Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Discover logo on it, it is not considered in the credit industry as junk card. Junk cards are what they call in the industry monolines, where it's only good for that particular store and does not have the ability to shop pretty much anywhere that Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Discover are accepted. Kim? Linda in Georgia says, my doctor, who I've been going to since 1987, is going into a concierge program. In order for him to remain my doctor, I have to pay $1,800 a year. You get more one-on-one -on -one time with your doctor, and you get testing that normally you don't get in a regular doctor's office and 24-7 on-call service. But I don't use my doctor that much, and I don't know if I really want to pay this, but I really hate losing my doctor after so many years. What do you think about programs like this? It depends on your health profile. So this will surprise you as cheap as I am. I actually pay for a concierge doctor. My situation the same as yours. My regular physician converted his practice to a concierge practice, where normally I would have said, why in the world would I pay what I think at the time was 
$1,200, but it's higher now for an annual fee. Why would I do that? In my case, because I have pre-existing conditions that put my health and life at greater risk, and having the personal attention is very important. When a doctor goes from a traditional primary care practice to a concierge practice, a huge percent of patients peel away. They don't want to pay the fee. And the remainder get much more personalized attention, very long doctor visits, and generally when you want one, a same day or next day appointment. So it really is a privilege that I have to be able to pay for a concierge doctor. If you're someone who is extremely healthy, you rarely ever see your doctor or need his or her services, then paying for this would be a waste of your money. Joel? Clark Sylvia in Florida says, my husband uses a 3G cell phone to make calls only. It's a flip phone. With all the changes coming and like 5G technology around the corner, will he be able to use the 3G phone to make calls or is it only going to affect like the internet part of cell phone plans? That's a good question. I've been reading in some of the technology stories for the wireless business how much longer people have till they have to convert their phones and there will be very inexpensive phones your husband will be able to convert to but it won't be a surprise if sometime in 21 he'll need a new phone to replace that obsolete 3g phone when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply pam is with us on the clark howard show hello pam how are you doing hi how are you good thank you pam you have an unusual situation that turned out so far much better than you expected from coronavirus what's the scoop well you know my husband is in the entertainment industry and he's a working actor and an editor and in in the beginning you know everything shut down and we weren't sure what was going to happen so he went ahead and took out um, an SBA loan. And the good news is that I'm still employed. My job is fine. Our income's fine. We have some savings. Um, he has another side gig teaching. So we've been able to like power through and, you know, we've done okay. Now that everything is sort of settled down, we got to looking at the SBA paperwork again. And once we got through the pages, 14 pages of blah, 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 misrepresentation, whatever, <laughs> we, we just got scared to death. Okay, um, so did he do an was, idle loan or did he do a PPP loan? A PPP loan. Okay, and what was know, the total size of his PPP loan? 11000 Okay, relax, no, I rest lied. easy. I lied, it's an idle. I lied, it's an idle. Oh, it is an idle. Okay. Yes. So... In the case of an idol, he got a $1,000 grant and a $10,000 loan. Is that what happened? I think so. It does. We can't see that it specifically says that. Okay. There's, there's no misrepresentation or fraud on his part at all. Don't worry about that. And the feds are not chasing after people 
who took out $11,000 loans. The people who've committed fraud, committed abuse, are people who took out big loans under false circumstances. He, in good faith, borrowed under the IDLE program because he was facing what looked like an income Armageddon (laughs) that he's been able to overcome. So the smart thing to do is just pay back the idle loan. You don't need it now, um, and the interest owed is tiny on the idle loan. So it's just a simple process of saying to the SBA, we want to give you the money back. We're done with the loan. Do we need to have some kind of, of support showing that we used it? Our plan was... If no, we no, it. you don't have to do anything other than oh. all they want the money back. So you have, I know all the language in the idle loan paperwork and the PPP loan paperwork is very intimidating. And with a special emphasis about how much danger you're in for committing any kind of fraud or misrepresentation or blah, blah, blah. You didn't do either of those things. Your husband had a legitimate business reason for seeking the idle loan. The crisis for the two of you financially has passed. Simply pay it back. Um, You'll be paying back a small amount beyond the amount borrowed for a tiny amount of interest. And you'll be done, and the government has no interest in you because they lent you the money and you paid it back just as agreed. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So something that Kim Joel and I talk about is the complexity of the content that we present you now where there's such a split in how the economy is treating different people with a segment of people doing just A-OK financially and asking us questions about things they want to buy, places they want to go, money they want to spend, and then others that are suffering mightily even just trying to get food on the table. And there's so many unusual distortions that have been caused by the coronavirus with the recession we've been in that have led to these very, very different outcomes. There's a new report from what's known as the Economic Impact Report that is a monthly survey that Yelp does that they now believe that 60% of businesses that closed during the coronavirus cycle we've been in, 6 out of 10 are never going to reopen. And think how stunning that is, how heartbreaking that is. People who put their life's work in many cases every penny they have in the world into their business and no fault of their own just because they're in a business type of activity that people are not going to go to, you know, overwhelmingly in coronavirus, they've lost those businesses. The 
New York Post reported the cities that are having the largest number of closures and they're New York, Los Angeles, Chicago are having the largest number. And this, oh, and I miss Pittsburgh. Those are the five. No, I'm sorry. New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, and Dallas are the ones that are having the largest number of closures that are not going to reopen. This is brutal for somebody. You know, as somebody who's been an entrepreneur virtually my whole life, I know how you pour your heart and soul into it. And it's just terrible about what's happened. But I do want to tell you that those that have survived, there's actually some good news out there. And there's new Census Bureau surveys that find that people who have survived in business are now the most optimistic they've been in a good while about their business moving forward. That it seems that the great fears of the spring are now retreating and people feel like they're in better shape as they go forward from here and that's really really just great news because of what a struggle it has been for so many people this year so if you have made it to this point and you're weary of everything that's happened the odds now favor you more you know a lot of americans are suffering from coronavirus fatigue and even with the stock market being in turmoil about a potential next wave coming in the fall with the twindemic as they call it of the seasonal flu and coronavirus and what effects they may have on the economy the truth is on the ground americans have gotten to a point where people are doing more things just because they're over it. Uh, the one good thing, Americans are wearing masks in much higher numbers than before, and that's one of the greatest ways to prevent the spread of coronavirus and to provide protection to yourself, which at first it was looked at as only something that protected others, but now scientists believe more and more that the mask is a two-way protection that gives you the ability to engage in more activities. So businesses that have survived are more confident, more positive about the future, and that's with reason because think about the body blows that coronavirus brought our economy earlier, and jobs have been recovering. We are still in a negative situation jobs-wise, but things are better. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate. And Kim, I think it's your turn. You are correct. This is from Nicole in Alabama. And Nicole says, I recently applied for life insurance with one of your favorite companies. I can't say enough good things about them, but I ran into one small problem. They don't offer a rider for children on their term life insurance. They recommended instead a small whole life insurance plan for $25,000 each on each child, $20 a month. What are your thoughts on this? 
I hate it. <laughs> so first, let me tell you, I'm not a fan of insurance on a child's life. Children are the joy of our lives, but they are they cost us money. They don't make us money. The purpose of life insurance is replacement of income. And to spend $240 a year, that was it, right? $20 a month? Yep. $240 a year for a very small face amount life insurance policy on a child's life is money not well spent. The question I would want to know is why do you want life insurance on a child's life? And many times, especially traditionally in the southern states, people want life insurance on a child in case a child tragically dies to pay for funeral expenses. But it would be very unlikely you'd need anywhere near that kind of money in a tragic occurrence like that. So I would not recommend this purchase. The money instead would be better put into uh, an index fund for your child's benefit every year with $250 going into that every year rather than into a low face amount life insurance policy. Joel? Clark Tim in Georgia says, I'd like to know if there are any disadvantages to opening new checking and savings accounts in order to get a sign-up bonus. Most of these promotions require an initial deposit that needs to stay in place for a few months. I've got no intention of banking with these banks for the long term, but I plan on basically closing these accounts after I get the money. But will this impact my credit history or score, and are there any other gotchas I need to be aware of? No gotcha. This is all about consumer behavior. The banks offer these $500 bonuses, $300 bonuses, whatever, to get you to come open an account with them because they know most people inertia takes over their lives. So you'll open the account just to pick up the bonus. You'll be with them the six months or nine months or whatever that gets you the bonus money. And then you never quite get around to closing the account. So if you're the rare individual who will take their bonus money and then kick them to the curb, they know a certain small percent of people will do that. And so go ahead and do it and earn the free money. It in no way affects your credit. It is not an application for credit. When they check your credit report, it is just a verification process and will do you no harm at all. So do it as many times as you want as long as you really, truly will close that account once you've gotten your bonuses. Kim? Clark Leslie in Arizona wants to know, once you pay a collection, who is responsible for taking it off your credit report, and how do you go about getting it off your credit report? Wonderful question, because this is an area that has been uh, rife with abuse forever. You reach a deal, you pay a collection agency for a debt, and then they don't do their part showing that the debt has been satisfied. As far as the debt staying on the report, a debt ages for seven years on your report. And so even if you pay it off, it can still negatively impact you for the full seven years. What I've talked about over the years that the credit bureaus hate me for is that if you are of a mind and in a position to pay off a collection item, that you make a condition of you paying 
that in writing, the collection agency agrees to remove the item from your credit, not just show that you have paid it, because the real benefit goes from them removing the very existence of the item on your credit. And so some collection agencies will not agree to this, others will, but it's a key step in you getting significant improvement in your credit profile is having that item vanish into thin air. Joel? Clark Allen in Georgia says, my wife has 13 savings bonds, two Series E that have matured and 11 Series EE that mature between 2030 and 2034. Uh, The current value of all of them is about $850, and we have no plans for that money right now. Wouldn't it be better to cash them in and invest that money for a better return than the current 1.08% that the bonds are earning right now? So first of all, the E's are earning zero. If they've reached their full 30 years, you need to cash those in. The EEs, this is weird, but if this is money for savings, 1.08 right now is getting to look pretty good. If it's money you don't need for a long, long, long time and you want to look at investing, that's a whole different game. If you turn around and you buy um, one of the index funds I like or something like that or put money in a Roth IRA and you take the Series E and Series E money and put it in something like that, know that then you go from something that's 100% safe but boring like Series E bonds into something that in the short term can actually lose money but in the long term would earn a lot more. That's really a choice for you to make. But having money earning 1.08%, that's not bad today. I can't believe I'm saying that. Kim? Keith in Texas says, what is a good budget program, either free or for a very reasonable cost? So Mint is free, but is not the most effective in the world when budgeting is what you're really after. There is a program, uh, You Need a Budget, which is uh, uh, YN, help me, Kim or Joel. YNAB. 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 (laughs) YNAB YNAB.com, that if you use it, you have to pay a subscription for it. But the feedback we've had from people is the subscription is worth every dollar plus more and getting you single-mindedly focused on getting your spending under control and living by a budget. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tina's with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Tina, you are somebody who despises debt as much as I do. Is that true? 
That is absolutely true. So you were of single-minded purpose of wiping out your mortgage as quick as possible. What have you done to this point? Well, I've only bought the house about four years ago, but I pay an additional about $350, $400 each month towards the principal so I can knock it down as quickly as possible. So you're wiping out an additional 4000 or so of principal every year in addition to what would happen normally with the mortgage. You said you bought it four years ago? Yes. So you're uh, significantly shortening the total length of your loan. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) So how can I be of service to you? And by the way, before I I, I got something to ask you before that, because something keeps coming up in my head. Are you also saving for retirement in the midst of aggressively paying down your mortgage? I am. I have my um, employer's uh, retirement, the 401k that they have, and then I also have my own Roth IRA. Okay, that great. I contribute to every great. Month. And the only debt you have is this mortgage? Yeah, pretty much. I have a small credit card payment, but that's maybe like $1,000 that I just kind of keep like a running total on. So I have some credit, you know, building some credit still. All right, you don't need to run a balance to build credit. Okay. So I'd like you actually to zero that out. So you you use the credit card, but just when you get the bill each month, you pay it. It'll have the same beneficial effect on your credit as running a balance, but you're paying a very high rate of interest on that balance. So I'd rather you not run it at all. So you're, instead of having 26 years left on your mortgage, you're more like maybe 22 at this point with all the extra you're paying every month. Maybe around 20, yeah, 23, maybe around 23, 24. I never really um, calculate that. You know, when you get the mortgage statement, it still says you have 26 years left. Right. They're not going to tell you <laughs> right. what, what you're actually doing to shorten the length of the loan. What's your interest rate on that one? 3.5. Hmm. And you, it's a 30-year. You could, if you could afford the payment, potentially refi and make it worthwhile into a 15-year. Because 15-year loans right now are quoting, for people with great credit, are quoting rates like 2.35% kind of territory. I mean, it's unbelievable how cheap the 15 years are right now. I was just always concerned about the 15-year, just in case anything happened with work or... Sure. Obviously, the corona happened. So, um, you know, just in case I couldn't pay that, at least I had that little cushion. In that case... Just keep doing what you're doing, but at least go price what you'd be looking at with your remaining uh, principal balance, what you'd be looking at per month at a payment on a 15-year, and see if it really would put you potentially in harm's way. If it would, just keep doing exactly what you're doing on a straight-line path to paying that extra month. You're going to pay off that balance so much quicker. You're already saving for retirement, as you should. So Mm -hmm. I've got no problem with you being aggressive about paying off that mortgage. And I would just go to a mortgage broker for that? Go to a credit union and a mortgage broker. Get quotes from both on doing a 15-year refi. You can even check the online lenders for a refi. And if you can steal a deal on a 15-year loan and the payment seems like what you could handle, you know, you could just go... In fact, this is a simple thing. You could go online and look for an amortization, mortgage amortization calculator, 
put in your remaining balance and put in um, for a 15-year loan, you'd instantly see what that monthly payment would be before taxes and insurance are added in. And you'd see, is this doable or not? You wouldn't even have to bother getting quotes if you see right away, Clark's crazy. I can't even begin to think about making that payment. And if you decide that I'm crazy, just keep doing what you're doing right now, paying the extra every month. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.